Hello, you found Rebirth, a podcast about women saving lives by living their own. I'm the creator, Kate Breton, and I've been fascinated with people's stories since I was very little, both as a writer and a practitioner. Today, we have a part two of Magic in the Mundane, where we look at the everyday and see what we can notice, bring in a little more magic, and hopefully do that through... I like the word magic. Here, let me tell you. It's an invitation for you to slow down into what's already surrounding you. So today is an episode about visualization, and I had a friend tell me, you know, they don't call it television for nothing. Tell a vision. They're telling you the visions that sit inside your head. So maybe it's time we start authoring our own. Hope this episode finds you well and serves whatever you're birthing for the rest of 2021. If you enjoy Rebirth, help support our stories by liking and subscribing wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Rebirth. This is a part two to the Alchemize Your Doubt episode. So we're going to go right into talking about visualization. In the previous episode, we talked about how what you see, your ability to see the opportunities you see can be defined by your environment. I'll leave it there. Or how you perceive things can affect what you create. So you might really want to go back and listen to that episode. So we're going to talk about visualization here. That's our focus here, visualization. And I heard um, in visualization as it connects to manifesting in a very practical sense, as in creating, working towards making choices to design, create, and embody the life that you believe you are here for, right? So, or just something small, you know, it doesn't have to be always the biggest decision. Okay, so Kathy Heller um, was doing something like a, like a webinar recently, and she has a program. Uh, I haven't taken it, but I just feel like if I'm going to say her stuff. So, she <clears throat> invited the audience to imagine five dream lives. And I thought, uh, you know, I love that she said five because something about the brain when it's like, well, if you're asking me my five dream lives, then you can get crazy. Like if you ask me my two dream lives or what is my dream life, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I have to get this right. You know what I mean? Like, if we're not super clear on that aspect, we can almost hold ourselves back from fear of saying the wrong thing to ourselves about ourselves. <laughs> it's kind of funny when you think about it. Um, as if you missed the mark, you couldn't make it up since it's your own consciousness. But anyway, she had the invitation, up, which I will make to you right now. Imagine five dream lives. Like, no holds barred, wouldn't hurt anyone, don't have to think about logistics. What are like your five dream lives, maybe you're living it now. And yeah, just do that for a second, right? Like, oh, okay, what were the first three that came up? Oh, oh, I'm so surprised. You know, like that. Let them, let them avail themselves. And then which one made you lean forward? Which one brought up the most enthusiasm? Because apparently it is enthusiasm that helps galvanize the chemistry for us to propel, we're going to combine neurology and meditation manifesting and language. That it's our enthusiasm that can like shoop, bring us all on board. 
And I thought, well, isn't that just true, right? Like, if you have to make a long drive, you can be like, oh, I have to make a long drive. But if you have to make a long drive and you're super stoked to where you're going, and I mean this like super legit, like, okay, hi, I live an hour and 20 minutes from the shore, right? So the drive down, I always have energy for. Now, of course, at the end of the day, but the drive home, you have less energy for because there's less enthusiasm, right? Like on the way down, you might be like, I might get the right latte or have a lemonade and listen to my tunes. I'm going to have a great day. You're enthusiastic for what's ahead. And that enthusiasm or that adrenaline or that energy carries us through. So it's, I, I think it's a really simple and practical um, tonality to, t- to tune into. Enthusiasm. Not what, what is the best what is the, you know, whatever adjective might make you sort of freeze? Like what feels good? What feels good? What is the silly thing? Now, so I was thinking about how she gave a great tool for that, right? So, you know, you have an activity, think about your five dream lives and which one makes you feel most enthusiastic, which one makes you lean forward. And then I was like, oh, you know what? I bet when that happened for you, as it did for me, I bet a, a picture flashed. Like you almost like chuckled when you were like, well, if I was a veterinarian and like you saw yourself as an animal, right? So when you were allowing yourself to kind of scry through your conscious of all the options, you had a, you had an image, didn't you? Right. So I was remembering in this quantum touch class that I took, I don't really know how many years ago. It was a weekend class. It was very interesting. It was an energy work class and it was so long ago and it's, I don't, I enjoy it. I think it's fantastic. If you're interested, you can go look up the website. Um, But I don't, I'm not speaking on like specific detail on their protocol. But I do remember during the training that it was like, you would move through different energy fields, you know, chakras and those above. And then sort of like if you were clearing something or you were intending something, then whatever, you know, say you were trying to become more clear or more abundant or bring in love or bring in peace or whatever you're working on, you would sort of close your practice by asking for an image or like you would ask your higher chakras for like an image. And so as I recall, which... Okay, enough disclaimer. As I, so as I recall, you would call forth that image, which would call forth your intention, which would call forth when your field was clear and aligned to that image. So it's not the words, it's the image. You can call forth the image and it brings all the systems on board, energetic, physical, focus, enthusiasm. You know, you've laid the groundwork, the neurology, the mapping to bring this out of potentiality and into form. Like you collapse the moment, right? You're, you're, there's always infinite possibility in the quantum field and you're going to collapse into that one image. Then I remembered, and this is true, this is before I'd ever been to Hawaii, that I, um, I did a weekend training <laughs> with Haleakala Len on Ho'oponopono and either like a Hilton or like a Marriott in a very not impressive room, a board room right next to the Philadelphia airport. I had no idea who he was. Somebody that I knew was like, you should come to this training with me. And we went. And it was really, for me, it was fantastic. And it was a great concept about um, what one of the great lines he said over and over again was, whenever there's a problem, you're there. Like, meaning, instead of always looking outside of ourselves, how can we clean up our own yard? How can we clean up our own field? And then 
as I was reflecting on that, because I was thinking about the quantum touch class, I was like, you know what? Haleaka Lalen also gave us an image and he said he would give each class he taught received a different image based on the energy of the class that we could call forth to continue to practice and bring forth the energy field of the class. Like, hmm, isn't it funny when we create a focus of curiosity in our old field that even in my own life, these memories are coming up. And of course we have vision boards. And then I want to tell you about, um, one image that was really potent for me that I used and that happened after all of these other ones, right? So when I made the decision to move off of Kauai and come back to the East Coast, one of literally my most precious decision was flying Ahonui, my dog, my beloved companion, best friend, just amazing being very far all the way over here to the East Coast. And I don't actually take lightly flying an animal and I don't think it's something, I just think it's a really big decision. And I felt, um, of course, and you can, you can hear through the metaphor or the, the, you can hear the layers in the actuality, right? It's not a metaphor in like flying her, everything. I, I needed to make sure all her paperwork was right, that I flew at the right time of year, that she was going to feel safe, that I wouldn't be compromising her health and that, you know, all this stuff and that we made the right stops and that she got, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it also was a place for me to subconsciously layer all of my, you know, worries about, I really love living on Kauai and, you know, my um, beloved teacher had passed and um, there were a lot of things I was choosing and deciding, and there was a, there was a vision. There was a reason I was doing this. this was, there was a goal that I had, and I didn't know if it was going to be met by this decision, but I felt really clear that I had to go. And when I was working through all the moving pieces of moving, you know, from such a far place, I thought, okay, when this is all done, Nui is going to be standing in the Atlantic Ocean. And the ocean of my childhood is Ocean City, New Jersey. And it, 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 I, you know, people are like, you know, Ocean City, New Jersey. It's like, listen, for me, Ocean City, New Jersey has decades of memories from my childhood of family, of, of, of just pure joy. So that particular spot is very special to me. So I just kept seeing Nui in Ocean City, New Jersey. I just kept seeing her down by like 55th, 58th, where you park you know, when you can bring your dog on at that time of year. And I just kept seeing her in that water, which is a very different water than the Kauai water. And I was like, okay, she's going to be fine. I'm just going to hold this image. And I'm me and Nui and we're down at the beach. Um, I still remember the feeling I had. So I moved, right? And then it became a really big deal to me that I had to get Nui down to the beach. <laughs> I think it was May. I don't really remember what month that was. Um. So we get Nui down to the beach and we're standing there and she has all four paws in the water and I'm looking at the ocean and I look at her and it was like, whoosh. I was like, oh, I just met the moment I'd been intending for months. I'd been intending this moment for months. Now, it that moment didn't have layered into it the job, the housing, the relationship, the move and all of those pieces. But if Nui and I were standing in that water, then all of those pieces must have been worked out. 
And it was so much easier to focus on the enthusiastic celebration image than the image of the money or the uncertainty of, you know, moving in with someone or the things that I really couldn't control, right? So believe me, I I am offering this to you because, you know, you know what? Here's why I'm offering this to you. Because our world is topsy-turvy. Because we're more powerful than we realize. And we have ample opportunities to consume images that we don't enjoy. We've become an image-heavy world. And in some ways, that's really fun. But you know what? After so many dog videos or so many whatever other videos, is there any video space left in your brain that you're holding of the most potent image of you standing in your life's enthusiasm. And so it's like, you know, it's not always easy to turn off the thing that is numbing to sit in the meditative space for a few minutes so that there's enough space literally, literally in your mind place that you can feel into that image. The other thing I recently did is I I made, uh, I think it's four, maybe five reminders on my phone. And they're really fun for the thing that I'm envisioning. Instead of it being really heavy, they're really fun and funny. And so when they come up, they make me laugh. And it's so much more freeing. And it's a visual, right? It's a visual. A reminder comes up. It says something. There's emojis with it. Boop. So when it comes to doubt being loud and saying you can't, you can't, and you don't have an answer, maybe there is an image that if everything worked out, that if, if what you needed really lined up in ways you can't imagine, you could really smile into, as I could, a very simple, joyful image of a black dog with one white foot standing across the country in a very different ocean under a very different sky, but with a very real joy that we both felt. Hope this helps. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Rebirth. Oh, I wanted to ask you, did you sign up for our newsletter? If not, hop on over to capebreton.com. We send bi-monthly newsletter to keep you smiling and we offer goodies to the community. See you back here next week for a new episode of Rebirth.